And so we are on part two of that today. And so I hope and pray, I challenge you at the beginning of this to, to, to change the way you think about the Christmas story. Because most everybody knows the Christmas story, knows how it goes. And I, I challenge you to be in prayer and to say, God, show me something new this Christmas. Amen. Did anybody do that? Is he revealing himself to you? I hope in a new, fresh, exciting way. And so we're going to dive deeper again today talking about Christmas lights. Do you know who the original Christmas light is? Jesus Christ, right? Every Christmas, what do we do? We, we give out gifts. We, we decorate our homes. Anything we can put lights on, Christmas lights on, we put it on, right? And so all that's great. All that's awesome. It's exciting. It's fun. But I really don't want you to shortchange yourself this Christmas because Jesus is the reason why we do all those things, right? He is the reason. He is the light of the world. And so that's what we've been talking about. Last week we talked about Christ being the light of love. And today we're going to kind of take that thought and go a little bit further. He's the light of hope. Did you know that? Christ is the light of hope, the Christmas light of hope. And so we're going we're gonna to talk about that today, and I'm excited. So let's go ahead. We'll use that, uh, that first scripture today as a foundational scripture that we've used the last couple weeks. We're going to use it again. It comes out of John 1, 1 through 5. And it says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything, everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything, somebody say everything, that was created, and His life brought light. There's that word. There's that magic word where we get the title of our message. It says that His life brought light, brought that hope to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish. Let's look at that first point today. We said Jesus is the light of the world and the original light of Christmas. He's the OG. Who knows what an OG is? He's the original gangster, right? He's the original, the OG, light of Christmas. His presence is the greatest present that we could ever receive. His life brought light to everyone, and the light of Christ changes everything. Christ changed everything forever. His presence in the earth, God himself dwelling, making himself flesh, dwelling with creation to redeem humanity, to give the world a savior, to give the world revelation, to give the world hope and love and joy and peace, all wrapped snugly in a manger, right? A babe wrapped in a manger, which is a fancy word for barn. We're going to read the account of that Christmas story this morning. Not all of it, for time's sake. But I just want you to know that Christ forever changes everything. I don't know where you are today. I know for Christmas, for some folks, it's a tough season. If you lost a loved one on and around Christmas, or maybe you lost a loved one this year, or maybe you're going through a really tough time, a tough season, I want you to know that God does not not see your pain and your hurt. If it hurts you, it hurts God. And that is a whole nother reason, a whole nother message for a different day, but that, that's a whole nother dynamic of why Jesus had to come to help you in the midst of those seasons, to help you in the midst of those tests, in those trials. 
God wants to be there with you. And this Christmas, if you invite him into your home, invite him into your heart, he'll show up, I'll promise you. He's, he's just a gentleman. He, he's not going to come un- un- uninvited. And he just wants you to give him, give him that opportunity for you to invite him into your home and into your family this, this Christmas. So that, that present, that gift of God, who is Jesus Christ, like I said this morning during worship, it makes God the greatest giver, right? If Jesus is the greatest gift, the greatest present, and his presence is what, the presence of God is what changes everything in our lives. It's because it brings the light, the love, and hope forever. And that's what we're going to talk about today is that hope of God. Before we get into it, though, I want to read part of the Christmas story. And uh, let's go ahead and look at that next scripture. We're going to read uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 3 through 14. And I just want to say a little tradition that uh, we do at the Westbrook House, and it really started in Jessica's home as a child. And as we got married, uh, we've continued to carry that torch, so to speak. And I just want to invite you and inspire you and challenge you to maybe, to maybe do something new and fresh this Christmas. And so we've done this every year since we've been married. We did it last year, Xander's first Christmas. And so when we get up in the morning, uh, usually the first thing we do is make coffee. <laughs> Anybody else? That's not so spiritual. Uh, but we do that, and then we, we get, we're usually in our jams. We get snuggled. We get on the couch, and the first thing we literally do is we read this passage. Well, we read all of Luke chapter 2 together as a family. We pray, and we talk about why we're celebrating what we're celebrating, and, and, and we, give, we give God the first of our day. Right Before we get into all the other festivities, and hear me, we have a lot of them on Christmas Day. It, it's as soon as it starts, it feels like it's over because we do our family Christmas breakfast and gifts, and then we go to Pastor Keith and Kelly's and do, do gifts and food there, and we stay. And so I, I just want to invite you to do something. Do something for God this Christmas, and don't let them go forgotten. But let's go ahead and read, um, read these verses, read this, this, uh, this account, the Christmas story according to Luke. And so verse 3, it says, so all went to be registered, everyone, was, uh, everyone to his own city, Joseph and Mary, uh, they are traveling because the king is forcing everyone to register for a census, so that's what they are doing, they're traveling, and so Joseph went up from Galilee, out to the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And so she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel and a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill towards men. Amen. When I read that, I try to envision myself putting myself in the story, just knowing how good our Father is and knowing what Jesus was ultimately going to 
do. And I think that's probably one of the biggest understatements in the Bible is when it says that they began to praise. Right? It says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. I, I believe they were they rejoicing, all oh, heaven was shaking. The king you've been praying for, the king you've been asking for, the king that you need, he has arrived. He has arrived. And it was on that first Christmas that Christ changed everything, right? Because that first Christmas morning, the world rejoiced because there was once again hope. There was hope for every single person, the same hope. It doesn't matter how you grew up. It doesn't matter what you go without. It doesn't matter what you have, what you don't have. The same standard of hope is that all who come by faith to believe that God gave his son, who is Jesus Christ, to come live and die for our sins, then he will receive awesome, amazing gifts in his everyday life, his or her life, and also be promised eternal life. Man, that's good news. That's hope. That's some hope. And that's, that's what I want to talk to you today about Christ being for us and, and for us and, and, and in the world. And so let's look at that next point. It says, hope is not a wish. An idea or vision for a better day. Right? Hope in Christ is an expectation for good rooted in the revelation of God's love for us. Hope is not just wishful thinking. Hope is a deep-seated, deep-rooted thing that no one, no thing can talk you out of. When you encounter hard things in life, your hope has to be so rooted, so grounded, that you begin to what? Believe more. You begin to believe more because no one can snuff that light. We're talking about Christmas lights. If he's the light of, of the world, no one can snuff that light out. Only you can allow other people to do that if you yourself have not placed that undevoted love, appreciation, and hope for who he is. That's where we have to live. That's where we have to reside. Hey, and not just on Christmas morning. I don't want you just to open up and worship God with your Bible on Christmas morning. I want you to do that also the day after Christmas. Right? And then the next day. And just some random Wednesday in July. Right? Because if he's the hope of the world, he's more than just hope on Christmas morning. He's hope for me at work when I'm going through it. He's hope for me and my family when maybe me and my family are at, at, at ends at, and we're in a tough place. Jesus wants to be more than just celebrated. He wants to be more than even your best friend. He wants to be your father, your redeemer, your Christ, your Lord, your savior. Right? Because he's so good. He's, he's that Good. And hey, I know the exact opposite of what it looks like to live a hopeless life. <laughs> Y'all know living without hope is no fun. This last Friday, I come up and, and spoke at CR. I got to celebrate my nine-year chip of being set free 
from drugs and alcohol and pornography and selfishness and sin and pride and self. It's nothing I've done. It's what God's done. But I shared a little bit of my hopelessness. Living without hope is deadly. The enemy almost took Ian out. I shared I was on the verge of committing suicide. I had the thoughts. I had the plan. I, I was hopeless. And so if you feel hopeless today, there is hope. There is hope. If God can give Ian Westbrook hope, he can give you hope. I don't care what it looks like, how it may seem, how it may feel. There is hope in my king. Amen? There is hope for you. So Christ, he came to restore that faith, that trust, and that hope in God on that first Christmas. Look at Romans 8, 31 and 32. It says, what shall we say about such wonderful things? I don't think there's enough words in the English language, enough words in the Spanish language, enough words in the Latin language. There's not enough words on the face of the planet to explain the good things that God has done for us. Sometimes you just can't say anything. You just got to begin to pray and worship. Right? But he goes on, and this is the part y'all are going to know, right? What does it say? If God is... Who could ever be against us? I want to push a little bit farther. I'm not adding any words to the Bible. But what else could be against you even? Because we place people, places, and things in front of who our God is. Right? He says, since he did not spare even his own son but gave him up for us all, what won't he else also give us everything? If God gave his best for you, what else has he not even yet given you that you know that you need? Y'all, God is for you. Believe that. Tell your neighbor, say, God is for you. Amen. If you're with us online watching today, put that in the chat. Remind yourself, type that. God is for you. God is for me. And so if the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last is for you, what else can come against you? Now, the devil's going to try and come against you. But the only power that you give him to come against you is on you. You have to remind the devil who he is. And then you have to remind the devil who you are in your father's eyes. And then you have to remind the devil that uh, who's Christ? Who's Lord? You got to do that. And I know it can, be, it can be tough, it can be challenging, it can be hard. I fail over and over again, and sometimes I get caught in this, this, visual, this vicious cycle of thinking and living, and I'm like, why do I feel this way? Why, why am I anxious? Why am I stressed out, right? And then I, I, I boil it down, and I say, God, forgive me. <laughs> I repent. And, and as soon as I do that, what happens? In that moment, nothing exteriorly changes, but on the inside, everything changes. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to not on the back end. I don't want to live that way for a day or a week before I come to the light, right? come to the Christmas light. Because he is available at, at, at the drop of a hat, the snap of a finger. In a moment, we just have to call on him because God is for you. God is for us. That's some good news. He proved that by giving Christ. There's no other way he could prove that he's for us. By giving his son. 
He's forever proven that. And so everything you need God to do for you is all rooted in that truth of who Jesus is. Try and wrap your mind around that. Everything that you need God to do for you, maybe you need a new job. Heck, maybe you need a new car. Maybe you need some fresh, good, healthy, godly relationships. All those things are yes and amen through the promise of Jesus Christ. We have to look for those things, pray for those things by faith in Jesus Christ. All those things are given to us and revealed to us by his son. So next point, Uh, Christ is the light of the world and he's the light of hope. And light does what? It shines, it illuminates, it, it magnifies, right? And so hope in Christ, that's what it does. It illuminates and magnifies our spiritual lives, the spirit realm. It gets us to question and think and take a good, long, honest look at what's going to happen when I die one day. Hey, and you're going to die one day, and I'm not speaking death. <laughs> we all, I believe, have this feeling or we think like, you know what, ah, that's not going to happen to me. <laughs> right? Uh, that's not going to happen to me. It, it is. And we have to get honest and we have to get real with God. And the hope in Christ gets us to, to visit that truth. You know what? How am I really living on a daily basis, right? And so the rest of that point, it says, it gets us to illuminate the spirit realm, empowering us to see and receive what God has for us. The light of hope allows us to prepare today for what is coming for tomorrow. When you have hope in Christ, you can begin to live again. You can begin to dream again. You can begin to have hope again. You can begin to get back up. And because he's prepared a way, you can trust knowing he knows the way. And I can tell you he knows the way because he is the way. Right? I shared last week, who is Jesus? He's the way, the truth, and the life. So if you need direction, man, why are you not asking the one? Why are you not asking the way if you feel lost? Because he can get you out. He's the light of the world. He will light and guide your path through the dark. Through the dark of your sin, through the dark of your choices, through the dark of the world. And he will begin to lead you out into prosperity. Look at 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. It says, but as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has what? Prepared. There it is. Has prepared for those who love him. God is preparing things, places, people, things that he wants to use for the goodness of God in your life. He is preparing things to prepare a way for you. He's the light of the world. I'm going to skip down to verse 12. It says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. I hope I've talked you into seeing that God is preparing, even after he sent his son, he is still preparing things for us. So that we can live in victory. So that we can live in love. So that we can experience hope. And so if God is preparing the way, 
Y'all, every day, we need to be preparing our souls. God is preparing the way for us. There's a responsibility that comes with being a child of God. I have to spiritually be preparing myself, my family, my ministry, my job, everything that I do. I have to spiritually be preparing myself. Paul said in, in uh, Romans, training, preparing himself like an athlete does. The devotion and dedication it takes. I shared at Celebrate Recovery on Friday night. If I want to get strong, if I want to get big, I want to get stronger, I got I to be in the gym, right? So if we spiritually want to be strong, we spiritually want to be prepared, then I have to surround myself with other Christians. Where's our gym at? The church. Y'all here at the gym this Sunday. Y'all getting stronger. Give yourself a hand. If you're watching us online, you're joining us, you're getting stronger. What are we doing? We're worshiping God, we're celebrating God, but I hope you're preparing. I hope something I say sticks to your life. Something I say I hope can give you hope and you can go home and you can, you can come out of that dark place. That's how we spiritually prepare. We get stronger, we get better on a daily basis. Right? Look at the next point. Our hope in Christ, it enables us. Like I'm talking about, it enables us to see the hand of God at work in our daily lives. The light of hope dispels discouragement, enabling us to endure and overcome the trials of life. Every single person on the face of the planet needs hope. And if we know that hope, if you know some amazing things that God has done for you in a hopeless situation, y'all, we have to share that. Because your encouraging testimony, your encouraging story of hope might be that thing that that other person needs to hear and see. And God is wanting to use you to facilitate that whole process for somebody else's life. Hey, and maybe we're, maybe we're praying for that person. Maybe I, 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 I'm doing some other external things. And maybe all God wants us to do is just give them our faith. And say, use me, God. And I know that can be, it can be intimidating. It can be challenging for us to share our faith sometimes with people. But don't let the enemy steal that seed from you. Hey, and that seed might not even be yours. That seed could be that thing of faith of faith and life for the other person. And forgive us if we're holding on to that just because I'm timid. Or afraid or scared to step out in faith. If you have hope, if you know hope, if you've experienced hope, y'all share that. Share that. That's not something that we hide. That's something that we show off. Right? The glory and the God. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18. And this is why we all need hope. I love this. Paul says, this is why we never give up. Through our, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small, he says. Tell your neighbors, say, hey, they're just small. They're just small. Those problems in your life, those people that are coming between you and God's best, they're just small. And do you all know Paul... It, 
He's writing this from prison. He has some troubles. Y'all, you think your troubles are tough. He was about to die. He was, prison back then ain't nothing like the prisons and jails we got now. They got cable TV. Man, they got a cot and a blanket and a pillow and clothes. They were shackled in prison. His faith was real. And so for him to say that, there's something to grab a hold of, church. Right? He says, present troubles are small and they won't last very long. I love it. That's a prophetic decree. You got to get that in your spirit. If something is coming against you, you got to tell it what it is. You are small and you're not going to last long in Jesus' name. He says, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and they will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can now see. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things we cannot see. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. He had hope in something bigger. He knew the way, the truth, and the life. He was in relationship with him. He radically changed his life. Do you know that Paul was killing believers and Christians before Christ came to him? You talk about a, a complete 180. The people he was speaking against and, and killing and chasing down and antagonizing and, and murdering is somebody that he became. That's all because of the glory of God. And so we got to radically not just change the way we live. we got to radically represent what we believe in because he's that big. I know we have problems. I know we have issues. I know some of y'all are struggling to figure out how you're going to pay your light bill, how you're going to pay for gas to go to work. Those are real problems. Hey, and God, he can answer those problems if you give him the time. He'll send somebody in your life to help you. Right? But your troubles, I want you to hear this. Your troubles are only as big as you make them out to be. And so is your God. That was for free. Your troubles are only as big as you make them out to be. And so is your God. Some of us are puffing life into these problems, these issues. We're so focused on the problem. We daydream about all the negative circumstances, all the negative things that are going to happen. 99% of those things will never happen. And we're lost in this dead negative thinking of space. And, and, and God says, I'm bigger than that. I am massive. I am far beyond you can think, comprehend, imagine. And if you would just bring that problem before me, something can happen. Something can change. Our God makes the impossible things possible. Somebody in here has been praying and believing for an impossible thing. And the enemy's trying to steal that seed. You can let him. The most important, amazing blessings on earth in your life come with the hardest sacrifices, the hardest faith. The most challenging things to get the rewards of the most blessed things. And your faith is going to be challenged. If, if you believe that word, the enemy saw that. And he is going to try and steal that miracle from you. 
So you stand, you fight, and you believe. I mean, hey, and find somebody else to join you in prayer. A believer that you can trust, that you can open up to, so you don't have to fight alone. Amen? Look at that next point. Our hope in Christ, it empowers us to see beyond the world, the problems, the issues, into eternity. The light of hope reveals resurrection life. We will live forever in the presence of God. That's another thing we have to remind ourselves, that this life is going to one day pass away. The things that I build are going to pass away. And it's really our eternal lives where everything matters. And the light of hope gets us to revisit that truth to say, you know what, this isn't everything. There's something more that God is going to do for me and for my family and for the world and for us. And so that, that simple Christmas miracle is the fact that through Jesus on Christmas, God is inviting every single person into heaven to get them to think about where they're going to go one day when they die. If you talk to a lot of people, there's people all over the spectrum. Some people think they're just going to be sleeping. Some people think they're going to turn into a bird or a lion. Or We have all sorts of crazy humanly ways to cope with death. And we have a lot of humanly ideas. Y'all, we need God's idea on what's going to happen to us when we pass this place. The Bible says life is but a vapor. And y'all, I'm about to be 40 in four years, right, Sugar Boo? I thought I was going to turn 37 this year, and I'm only 36. Yeah. And I was thinking, man, when I hit 40, like, what's a healthy age? Like 80? I've, like, lived half my life. Like, God, what am I really doing for you, Jesus? I better get on it. Right? And so the hope of Christ, it empowers us to see beyond and into eternity. And for us to see, am I really making a difference in the kingdom of God? Am I really making a difference in this dark world? Is the light of Christ, the hope of God, really shining through me? Because every Christmas, every single day, God is, in, as, until Jesus comes back, God is inviting everyone into heaven. There is an eternal hope beyond this life, problems in this world, I promise you. His name is Jesus. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 19 through 22. It says, and if our hope is in Christ, excuse me, and if our hope in Christ is only for this life, what, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. Let me read that again. I just straight murdered that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and if our hope, y'all pray for your pastor. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are to be more than pitied than anyone in the world. I want to stop there for a moment and preach to you. Because if shame, shame on us, if all, the only thing we see God as is a, our own personal problem solver. Shame on us if all we go to God for is whenever I'm in trouble or whenever I'm in need. Or, God, I messed up, help me again. And guess what? He shows up and helps you. 
But that verse says we are to be pitied if that's all we do is use God to get us out of a, a rock in a hard place. Because God wants to be more. He wants to do something deeper. He wants to be in relationship with you. He doesn't just want to be your magic personal genie. He wants to walk and talk and fellowship with you and open up with you. He wants you to open up with him so that we can be in real relationship with the king of kings. And hey, he can fix your problems, okay? But he wants more. Amen. Look at verse 20. It says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into this world through a man, through Adam, right? When Adam sinned, death came into the world. Now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man who is Jesus. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone, and so I want you to get who belongs to Christ, will be given new life. That's hope. That's hope for when you do pass away one day and die, however that is. If you had hope and faith in Jesus Christ because he rose again on the third day, his word, his Bible promises that you too will share in resurrection life. You don't have to be scared. You don't have to be anxious about passing away. If you rest in the hope, the original Christmas light, the hope and, 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 the, and, the, and the, the life of Jesus Christ, you, you don't have to live that way if you don't want to. And Christ, hear me, is the only way to have eternal life. Look at that next point. It says, Jesus is the light of hope. Hope in Christ is a light that pierces the darkness of unbelief. I know as believers, we're not exempt from having to battle with our thoughts, with our doubts, with our unbelief. But when that happens, that's really when you have to call on the light of Christ. That's when you have to really invite Him into your life. Because when he comes, that's what, that's what pierces the darkness. That's what scatters the darkness, right? We said last week that light expels darkness. It's not the other way around. Light overtakes darkness. It's, it, it, it's, it's what expels the darkness in our lives. And so the hope of Christ, that's what it does. It inspires us all to come out of that darkness, to come out of that disbelief, out of that despair, to come out of the darkness and into his light, right? Because his, that light of hope, it reveals all that he's ever done for us. Wow. It invites us to come out of those places. And when we come out of those places, God does something even more. He begins to identify us as his sons and daughters. And he begins to identify that we're chosen. And so I want to read 1 Peter 2.9. It says, but you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you, there it is, out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. God wants to invite you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light to live and reside in fellowship 
and have hope and have joy and have peace, not just on Christmas, but every day? Has anybody experienced that? Coming out of the darkness and into the light, look at those hands. Hey, we're about to celebrate what God has done for us in a real spectacular way today in church. And so everybody should have received a candle today. Did everybody receive a candle? I want to ask our ushers to go ahead and come make their way up to the front here. If you did not get a candle, I want to ask you to raise your hand and we can get you one. There's one person that did not get a candle. And so what we're going to do today is we are going to light these candles. Our ushers are going to light the candle on the ends. And then you are going to go ahead and light your neighbor's candle. And this is going to be significant because we are celebrating that Christ is the light of the world. And by lighting that candle, you are saying externally for all to see that I shine bright because of what God has done inside of me. Right? The manifestation of the goodness of God inside of you is going to be externally manifested by the showing of this and the lighting of this candle. And we are going to, by faith, pass that testimony, that good news, that faith of what God has done for you to your neighbor and light their candle. Amen? I'm going to go ahead and ask our media team to go ahead and turn the lights out for us. All you old people, I'm going to pray for you. So you can see, we're going to leave these lights on and the TV's on. So our ushers are going to come and they're going to go ahead and light the candles on the end. I'm just going to go ahead. I got one more point and one more verse. But as y'all are doing that, I'm just going to go ahead and pray over us. As we demonstrate celebrating the light of the world. And who he is and what he's done and what he's doing. And this is going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome moment for us. So I'm just going to go ahead and pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are the light of the world, the hope of the world. I thank you that you sent your son to live and die for us so that we could be blessed, so that we could also share an eternal life one day and I thank you God God let us not just our thank, thankfulness just be empty words of thankfulness but God let it let it be manifested physically into the way that we live God as all these candles are being lit each candle represents a soul each candle represents a life each candle represents a, a heart, a name, a ministry call. God, each candle represents a hope of life. Each candle represents your promises. Each candle represents your word. As we read your word today, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And so we strip everything back right now. And we focus on one thing. And that's celebrating you, Jesus. We're in a dark room. But it's less dark 
because we have all these believers. God, let us leave this place today and make the world a less dark place just as we are making this sanctuary less dark with our faith. Our faith in you, God. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. Y'all stay seated and keep your candles. I want to read this last point. It says, every time you share the hope we have in Jesus, you pierce the darkness. Your personal testimony is a prophecy about what he can do in someone else's life. Your story gives the light of hope. Just as you lit your neighbor's candle, you gave them light, you gave them hope. When you share what God has done in your life, you literally light, you become a torch bearer. And you light the fire of faith in someone else's life. And it has miraculous power. It has miraculous power. If I know hope, I must share hope. And church, this Christmas, every single day, let's be hope dealers. Who wants to be a hope dealer with me? Amen. Some of us might have been dope dealers. But now we're going to be hope dealers in Jesus' name. For His glory. To change the world for his glory. That last scripture I want to give you is Ephesians 5.8. And it says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. Because God has saved you. Because God has redeemed you. Because you know truth. Because you have hope. Walk as a child of light. Think of it like this. The light of the world makes us children of the light. The light of the world adopts us as children of light. So live as a child of the light. Let God's power inside of you shine bright for all to see. Let his power inside of you shine bright for all to see. I want you to join me in prayer this morning as I close. Father, I thank you for who you are. Your goodness is unmeasured. So I'll pray this Christmas that we revisit that goodness. We don't measure that goodness based on how many presents I got. We don't base that goodness based on how many uh, servings of, of, of gravy I got on my mashed potatoes or how many pieces of, of apple pie or apple cobbler I got. But I base the goodness in my life based on how good your son is, on how sweet your presence is, on how sweet your love is, and that that sweetness would literally freely flow from our lives into the world around us, into the people's lives around us. And because you gave good, we will give good in Jesus' name. Last thing I want to do is, if you're here today, and Jesus is not the Lord of your life, you've not made him Lord and Savior of your life, I want to change that. I want you to walk out of here with this hope I've been talking about all morning long. I want you to experience his love and his peace and ultimately his acceptance today. He wants you to feel like an accepted child of God. 
And so if you are born again, please pray for the lost right now. But if you're not born again, I want to ask you to do something. I want to ask you right now to stand up, to physically stand up in this place. And no one's watching you, no one's looking at you. I ask you to stand up so that you can show God you are hearing what he is saying. When you stand up, you're saying, God, I received that message. I want, I want to receive that message. And I want to change the way that I live. And Jesus Christ will change the way you live, I promise you. I want to give you a few more seconds if you want to make that decision. Amen? Amen. Well, somebody could be making this, this decision online. Amen. Someone is standing. Hallelujah. Stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. No one's looking at you. Hallelujah. I want to lead us all in a prayer, and I want you to repeat after me. It's going to go like this. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We believe in you, and we confess in you that you are Lord. You are Savior. You're hope. You're the light of the world. God, light up my life for your glory. Redeem me for my sins. Bring me into eternity. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Somebody give Jesus a hand this morning. So awesome. Man, them candles are putting off some heat. Hallelujah. Well, who's glad you came to church today? Bunch of you. Hey, y'all stay right there a sec. I want to do something. I want to take a picture of y'all. Is that, is that okay if pastors do that? I mean, if you can't do what you want, what's the point of being a pastor, right? Y'all don't tell nobody I said that. Try and dim them lights a little bit. Y'all better smile. You might be on Facebook. I don't know how good this is going to turn. Keep dimming it down. Keep dimming it down. A little more light. Let me try a flash. Man, I don't know how good they'll turn out, but I got one. I'm going to keep that for my memory's sake. Man, that's, that's for me. But uh, we love you very much. Thank you so much for coming. Okay, I do hope you have an awesome, amazing Christmas. Come back and see us next week. Amen. Bring a family member, bring a friend next week if you want. We love you. You are dismissed. You may blow your